and welcome to the Heat Check Podcast presented by Simply Healthcare. I'm David Wilson and I'm joined as always on the other line by Anthony Chang, our Heat beat writer here at the Herald. What's up, Anthony? Just writing my uh, season preview with the season beginning in like two days, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, everything's, everything's going well. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, weird to like not have a lot. Like we're recording this on Wednesday, but the World Series ended last night. It's like weird. We've totally just hit like there, I don't think there's any sports on tonight. Other than Inter-Miami, I guess, plays. It's, uh, we've hit a weird little gap. But uh, our guest once again this week is uh, Tim Reynolds from the Associated Press. Uh, and he's going to tell us why we don't have to wait very long, probably, for uh, for more sports to come back. Tim, what's up? David, my faith is being questioned right now. I'll, I'll say that. I am, as far as Anthony, it's Anthony's writing his season preview right now. I'm like, I, I feel like we're already into next season. As, as unbelievable as that is. Like, you're already hearing the whispers of, free agent deals that may or may not be happening. And keep in mind, nobody knows anything yet. Like nobody knows what the money is. Nobody knows what anything looks like. It just seems like the off season lasted like, like 27 minutes. It, it lasted as long as the Rays allow their starters to go. And as we learned in the world series, you got to let your off seasons go sometimes. Yeah, so as we uh, record this, uh, the latest scuttlebutt, uh, is a December, what is it, December 22nd start to the season is kind of what the the new talk is. The, I guess they've been targeting basically between Christmas and MLK Day. That This is obviously even a little earlier. Um, Tim, you're, you're more plugged in on this stuff than, than we are. What, what's kind of the latest here, and, and what are you kind of expecting uh, over these next so, few weeks? So I expect December 22nd. And, and here's sort of how, here's sort of how it all came together, you know, last Friday in that board of governors call, you know, there, there's no secret that this is what television wants. And let's face it. The reason there was a bubble, the reason we were in a bubble, the reason it was where the, where the bubble was located was largely because of television. This would allow for a quote unquote traditional start to the season. Turner would get the customary opening night doubleheader in, you know, with the late game being the champions, being the Lakers, you know, unfurling a banner. I don't know if anyone will be there to see it. I don't Mm -hmm. know if they can get rings made this quickly or not, but in theory, it would be ring night for the Lakers. There'll be an early game that night. My guess is that the Eastern conference champions could be in that early game. Um, Then ESPN, which is standard gets, um, you know, it's full Wednesday. It, it's Wednesday doubleheader, and that's when I think everyone would basically start playing, unless you played the night before. Mm-hmm. Um, and that sets us up for the five-game extravaganza on Christmas Day. So we get right into what TV wants. And and if you've ever wondered if the first two months of the regular season, traditionally until Christmas, mattered to TV, well, clearly they did not, <laughs> because it's all about getting those Christmas week ratings. And that's why there's a huge push for that. Plus, guys, I mean, getting to the, the magic number here, while everybody's saying 72 games is the target, the magic number is 70. Right. 70 allows for basically the TV contract to be paid in full. That's why there were seeding games in the bubble this year. So more teams could get to 70. Um, you know, it, it's very much a case of follow the money. And that's why we are where we are. 
And a Christmas start would basically put you, you maybe have to accelerate things a little bit, but it would basically, basically put you on that 70-game track, right? It, it puts you on the 70-game track. You know, I, I, it, it's become evident in the last few days that it will not end um, quite as normal. normal. Yeah. It will not end mid-April. Like, they're going to have to stretch the regular season somewhat. I don't think it'll be perfectly clean between the end of the finals and the start of the Olympics. The finals will be done by the time the Olympics start. Yes, but there's there's qualifying um, that a lot of teams, the U.S. not included, but a lot of teams have to still do qualifying. Um, USA Basketball is going to want to know its team several weeks before you know they gather and you know for camp probably in Vegas around the Fourth of July. Um, it's an earlier Olympics than usual, so I don't know if it's going to be a seamless transition between the NBA season and, and, and the start of the Olympics, if the Olympics happen. Um, but you're probably looking at a finish to the season somewhere around June 30th. Yeah. And, and I think one of the biggest benefits of that as with everything, along with everything you discussed, Tim, is the fact that next season will likely barring something unexpected, um, will begin with the usual, you know, in October, like usual. So you get back to normal 21. Yeah. That that feels like it's priority number one in this, this plan, right. Is get to normal, uh, money in that, right, Tim. I mean, I think priority one is getting 70 games. Well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Priority. But I mean, the reason why they're starting it early rather than, you know, kind of sticking with the same sort of timeline we had where it would be an October ending. I mean, just to put it in perspective, the significance of the TV money, you know, we, we reported, you know, last Friday that the league missed its revenue projection by a billion and a half dollars this year. Mm-hmm. That, that, that doesn't mean the league lost a billion and a half dollars. It just means that they didn't, they didn't hit their revenue projection by playing, by having the games in the bubble. Yes. It costs the league between 180 and $200 million, depending on how you really, how much, how deep you want to go with the math, but they also generated about a billion five more for the teams through the TV money. Right. So it could have been a $3 billion hit for last season. Remember that billion five that they ended up missing by that includes roughly $400 million from, you know, the relationships with China that appear to be back on okay footing. Um, there were a lot of factors in that billion five, not just the pandemic, mm-hmm. I think this year they're going to project maybe another billion five miss in what they were thinking. And then if you can get back to normal with fans for 82 games plus a full playoffs in 21, 22, that will basically allow when the whole league is a free agent in the summer of 21, maybe what teams have been planning for could come into fruition. Mm-hmm. Tim, what do you, uh, you know, with that timeline, you have the draft November 18th. You probably have free agency shortly after. If things start back up December 22, um, you have camp opening the first week of December. So you're looking at, you know, like a week turnaround between free agent free agency and the start of camp. Do you? I mean, what do you? What pushback do you expect from players on this when, when the league, you know, and the union have discussions at some point soon? Well, I mean, you're already hearing it, right? I mean, Danny Green went on a podcast and said that he doesn't think LeBron will play the first month of the season, which I, I do think was somewhat tongue-in-cheek, though maybe not entirely so. Um, 
I think for the teams that ended the season in March, they're not going to have any problem with this. They want to get going. Um, I think even for the teams that ended their seasons in July and August, like, okay, now we know we can get ready. I think it really, really hurts the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Heat, and the Celtics. I just think that you will see the effects of not just a short, unusual offseason, um, but also next year's games are going to come rapid fire, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. you will see. I don't see how – I mean, they tell me I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. Like, I, I can't do the math in my head and see how the dreaded four games in five days doesn't come back. Right. I don't see how five and seven – and, and seven and ten, like all those things that players hate, yeah. the league's been really good about get doing away with. I yeah. don't see how that doesn't come back. Remember in the 66-game season in, in 2012-13 after the lockout, I think there was back-to-back-to-backs in there. I think every team had to play one there, of those. There was, mm-hmm. yeah. And he won all three, I think. I remember they were like I think he went three and oh, yeah. But, you know, that team was pretty good. Yeah. You know, that team was okay. <laughs> um, they're, they're all right. But just – if – that team was very – it was blessed because it had obviously amazing talent and ended up winning a championship. It, it also, though, it never dealt with a serious injury bug. Like, yeah. God forbid, if you lose a starter, a key rotation player – I don't want to say a name. I don't want to bring that sort of energy into the atmosphere. But if any team loses a key player now to something benign, guys, like a, a, a sprained – just a regular old sprained ankle – Right, something that keeps you out a week or whatever, yeah. If they're out a week or ten days, they're missing six games. I mean, you can go, you can lose playoff positioning super fast now. And again, you just got to be, you got to be really good to win in this league, obviously. But you're going to have to be really, really lucky again. You're going to have to beat the pandemic. You have to beat the virus. Yeah. You got to beat testing, and you got to beat the injury bug. And with a short off season, look, we're seeing it in the NFL. We're I find it hard to believe that the lack of spring football is not affecting the health of college football players. I don't. I find it hard to believe that a truncated, you know, training camp isn't affecting the the NFL's injury woes right now. Why are we going to think that it's not going to be an issue in the NBA? Yeah. Yeah, and you and you touch on injuries, and you kind of touch on this too. But I mean, there's going to be positive tests. You're not in the bubble anymore, so yeah. Our, our rates are skyrocketing right now. Oh, yeah, he's out for a week or two. You know, you could be missing, like you said. If you're out for two weeks, 10, 10, day, 10 games, and that's sure. what a sixth of the season, or a seventh, you know, a seventh of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be different than it was in the bubble. That's for sure. Where there was zero positive tests, um, I, I, I'm guessing the schedule will look a little different next season as far as travel, right, Tim? I mean, I know that's not you know that it hasn't been finalized or even brought up too much yet, but we could theoretically see the Heat go to Atlanta and play two or three of or their entire season series against the Hawks on that trip just to minimize the the flights and the travel and all that. I mean, there might be back-to-backs in the same city on the road. I mean, just – so it's going to look different. I mean, next season, just like it did in the bubble, it's going to look totally different, uh, you know, next season. I, I think, like, what – you know, what we're starting to see now, the college basketball schedules are coming out, right? And you're seeing some conferences, they're doing away with home and home. Um, you know – Team A will go to Florida Gulf Coast and play two games, and then Florida Gulf Coast will go somewhere else and they'll play. You know, FIU in Conference USA, they're using that same scheduling model, and I kind of wonder if there's going to be an imbalance in the NBA schedule because of that. 
Will you play every team twice? I don't know. Will the Heat go out west? Will the Lakers come east? I don't know. Um, could we see a scenario where the Heat go to New York and play at Knicks, at Nets, at Nets, at Knicks before they leave New York and they're there for a week? I could totally see that. Mm-hmm. But again, it brings the luck factor in. Like if you're playing a really good team, if you're playing the Lakers or the Bucks or the Celtics, and you're playing and you're playing them, you know, twice in three days, and you're missing a Goron or a Jimmy or a Bam or a Tyler or whomever for for just you know like like we talked about just for a few days, you're in trouble. You're in breakers. They're I mean it's it's going to be wild, guys. It's just going to be wild. And you're I mean, not being in the bubble, you will see positive tests. Of course you will. There's no yeah. way around that. And then contact tracing comes into play. I mean. Wisconsin football, we heard the quarterback, you know, tested positive. And then it turns into 12 guys. And then it turns into the program stopped and a game is canceled, right? You know, and before their week two game is off because, yeah. you know, when, when a team, I mean, look at FIU football. FIU football, I didn't even really understand the levels of what they're going through. They've missed like 50 guys because of positive tests and contact tracing and possible exposures and quarantines. The NBA locker rooms are close quarters. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I mean, imagine imagine if a Marlin situation happened with an NBA team where it will happen. They yeah, the and with the, the with a smaller roster, obviously, and every player being more valuable in the NBA than in Major League Baseball. Um, you know, the Marlins survived. It's obviously, an incredible story. Them surviving with. Uh, all these players missing time, but an NBA team just could not do that. If you had to bring a G League roster up for two weeks, you would maybe win one game. Like you'd fluke your way into one win. You you would have no chance of staying afloat. And people will, I mean, that's what we'll be hearing. We'll be hearing, you know, your G League team is definitely more important now, yeah. right? Because that is basically your your insurance policy. I would think. You know, will there be provisions? Where you can bring up a G League guy. Can you have unlimited two ways if necessary? Like who knows how it will work? Who knows what they'll work into the CBA that they're currently in the middle of trying to revise and you know try to account for all these various possibilities. But remember, like G League guys, they're it's a bus league or they fly commercial. Mm-hmm. When you bring a guy to Miami, doesn't he in theory have to quarantine yeah. then for a number yeah. of days before you need him? Like it's so crazy to think about this. And you know, baseball, I, guys, for as much as I questioned, and I think Anthony was with me on this, I really didn't know. I didn't really believe that Adam Silver was going to hand a trophy to somebody in the bubble. Like, I didn't think we'd get to the finish line. I'm beyond shocked that baseball did. Not because, I mean, not for any I mean, I'm happy they did, of course. But it just was very difficult to see their formula of going from city to city, hotel to hotel, stadium to stadium. It was difficult to see that formula working. And, you know, there were major hiccups along the way. You know, the Marlins problem, you know, probably foremost among them. But every team got through it. And so maybe there is hope that you can get through it. Maybe we'll have a better understanding. Maybe there will be a vaccine at some point by the time next season ends. Um but you're just bringing in a whole new set of variables. It was hard to get through a bubble. You're bringing yeah. in a whole new set of variables now. Would you guess that the uh, they would change the playoff format in some capacity? I think the league is dead set against touching that. 
You think they would maybe do what they did in the bubble the with the, the play-in, yeah. I, I think if, if the situation in this country is not markedly different, could you go back to the bubble for playoffs? I think players would be okay with that. Especially I mean, if you don't do the, the seeding games. You know, that cuts, you know, yeah. three I weeks mean, out, basically. You can do the – if you're playing every other day, I mean, you could do the playoffs in seven weeks, maybe eight. Teams just did – I think the Heat were in it for, what, 94 days? They were in, they were in the bubble, mm-hmm. the Lakers for 92, I think, something like that. Yeah, and they were basically in there a month before the postseason started between Look, like training camp and seeding games. I, I can tell you this with absolute knowledge. The league has no desire to ever go back into a bubble. And the flip side of that sentence is I can also tell you with absolute knowledge there are plans. If needed, they know what to do. And so could, could the playoffs go into a bubble next year? Absolutely could. Yeah, and, and look – I mean, you look at the numbers in this country right now and, you know, everyone, you know, a lot of people have been projecting the the spike in the fall and in the winter and it seems to be here and who knows what things will be like in December. Um, it's just interesting that, you know, I know we know a lot more about the virus now and I'm obviously not a doctor, but, you know, the bubble, those those three months the NBA was in the bubble, things were things were somewhat better than they are trending right now um, for most of that time and, the NBA, it looks like, is going to start in the middle of a of a spike, and they're not going to be in a bubble. So it's just it's just interesting the way things have worked out, and it's going to be a very different, like Tim has said repeatedly, it's going to be different than than the bubble where we, you know, everyone was pretty much protected. There were no positives, um, and you know, games went on as scheduled. There's going to be rescheduled games. There's probably going to be canceled games. Like the season is probably not going to end on the exact date they expect it to end on. Um, there, it's going to need to be a flexible, a flexible schedule. Um, it's just going to be totally different than I think what than what we just experienced. Or option B, there, Anthony, would be again if 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 the goal here, if one of the goals is to avoid the non-traditional playoff season and hope you get in front of more viewers, then it's entirely possible that. Team one will play seventy-two games, and team two will play sixty-eight, and team three yeah. will play five. That, that ultimately happened in baseball. The Cardinals played, I think, fifty-eight games instead of sixty. I'm shocked baseball got as close as they did. I mean, remember the Marlins were like two and one, and the Braves were what, like nine and six yeah. or something at one point. Well, the Mar- the Marlins wound up playing like a hundred fewer innings than a lot of teams because of all those seven yeah, inning double headers. I'm, I'm in for double headers in basketball. That'll be awesome. Oh, don't even, don't even say that. Don't even would, say would they be th- that. Would they be three-quarter doubleheaders? Day-night doubleheaders. Eight-minute quarters. <laughs> um, before we finish on this topic, just the, the short offseason, um, what sort of implications do we see that having for the Heat? Obviously, the, the Goron health, uh, I guess, is, is probably the biggest thing lingering over here. Um, and then, as you mentioned at the top, Tim, just the obvious, like, the the – Four teams that were in it the longest do not have very much time to get rested, and we saw how exhausted the Heat looked um, at the end of the regular season, or at the end of the postseason. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, 
we don't know what we don't know yet, right? I mm-hmm. mean, that's a terrible answer, but we just don't know what we don't know. I mean, you know, how is BAM? We, we don't know. Um, Jimmy's shooting form on the yacht looked great in, <laughs> in, in, the, in the pictures that we posted. I, I think Jimmy's in good form. <laughs> so, um, you know, a guy like Goran, who, you know, his, his wife and his children went home to Slovenia while he was in the bubble, and then he, you know, he was out of here, I think, a few days after, you know, the season ended. He didn't waste much time before yeah. going over there. And now he's got to, you know, find his way back, you know, probably a lot quicker than, than he thought. So it's not just the health part, too. It's the whole, you know, dealing with your family situations. And, you know, will, will, will they bring the kids back? Will they change school? You know, will they put them back in school in Miami in January? It's all those things, too. So, I look, I, I didn't expect the Heat to be markedly different next season. So I don't think a short off season is that big a deal to them. I mean, they have obviously some free agent decisions to make. Um, Kelly Olenek has a decision to make, but would it surprise any of us if next year's team is this year's team minus one or two guys with one or two guys added? Like, I don't, I don't know if they pull off the huge trade. I don't know if there's some huge bomb out there. So I think they're, they're in a pretty good position it's the teams like minnesota that are going to be betting the house on a number one pick you know how can you get that person up to speed with who you are and what you're running and 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 who he is and all those things how can you do that so quickly i i think the heat have it a lot better than a lot of teams do and and they're and it's going to be extremely tough for the heat don't get me wrong i think the heat have it a lot better with the short off season than a lot of teams yeah i i agree like Obviously, the Heat played. They're in the finals. They're gonna have a shorter off season than every other team in the NBA, pretty much. Yeah, on that front, it's bad. Yes. Yeah, that, that part is not great. But but you know they still have two months, I guess a month and a half before camp uh, off. And I think continuity will help in this situation. Like Tim, uh, I mean, they're gonna. I, you know, again, they have free agent decisions to make. But I think the expectation, barring something unexpected, is. This will be this will they're going to bring back a similar roster to what we saw at the end of last season, um, so I think in that in that respect, that will be a benefit. You know that will be an advantage over a lot of teams just because you know teams are going to have obviously a short offseason. Free agents that sign with new teams, they're going to have basically three weeks to get up to speed and get ready to go. Um, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Like it's going to be an accelerated process. Um, so I, I think that continuity will help. Um, you know, especially if they find a way to bring back Goron, if they find a way to bring back Jay and guys like that, and and pretty much bring back the you know the, the rotation that the Heat used in the playoffs. Yeah, that lets us uh, slide over nicely to uh, Pat Riley talked on Friday, um, first first time all year, right? First time in twenty twenty, and and obviously. Um, addressing the finals and looking ahead to the offseason. And I think the big um, the big basketball headline to come out of it was, was sort of the desire to keep this core intact. Um, and, and as you mentioned, most of those guys are obviously under contract. Jimmy, Bam, Duncan. Um, but the, but the, the two big ones out there, as you said, are Goron and Jay. And Anthony and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we did kind of our offseason preview episode that we sort of expected both of those guys to come back. Tim, how are you feeling uh, about that? Do you, do you kind of expect both those guys to be back in Miami? 
I don't think there's much question. Yeah. Honestly, Goron wants to be back. I think Goron is like the lock of locks. I think Goron is going to get the Dwayne Wade one year, $20 million. Thank you for everything. Appreciate you. This can be the last time we can really take care of you sort of deal. Um, I, I could see that. Um, you know, Jay Crowder, I, th- there will be a market for him, mm-hmm. obviously, but let's not lose sight of the fact that Jay Crowder has been a Dade County resident for a long time. Like, he had a house down here. Not that that's uncommon for NBA right. guys, but he's obviously had an affinity for Miami for some time. And I think he fit perfectly within the culture, you know, that, that all important buzzword. His dad lives in Fort Myers. Unless somebody throws stupid money at him, which is possible, but there aren't that many teams out there with stupid money. Yeah. You know, they're just going to be. So I, I think it's, you know, I mean, I'll just, I think it's a hundred percent on Goron. Like I think he's back. Yeah. I mean, he's um, another guy who I think will have offers out there, but the heat will, like you said, they'll give him that massive one year deal where yeah, it I, makes it worth Dallas, it. I, I could see Dallas, especially Dallas. Which is hilarious um, after they passed on him last offseason. Yes, exactly. After all that, whatever didn't happen, happened, not happened, whatever that was, mess. Um, there will be a team that tries to complicate matters for the Heat by offering Goron years. Right. Um, I don't think that's going to matter a whole lot. Like it would, there would have to be some sort of seismic shift in his thinking. Um, you know, I would put him as a lock to be to, to be back. I think Jay is. I would say in that likely group, I would say maybe 70, 80% that, that he's back, maybe even a little higher. Um, I think Kelly opts in. Mm-hmm. I know, I mean, I, I, I think Spo um, and Andy and Pat are going to want to keep Myers. Um, Myers is going to ha- that's going to be an interesting market for Myers because he really can't give him very much. Yeah. Um, so will someone again try to, you know, will there be a complexity from some other team? Um, I kind of wonder if the odd man out might be DJ. And yeah. that's, I, I don't think that's too much of a stretch when you look at this roster and what guys have made, what guys are going to want to make, what the market for guys might be. I know Pat would like to bring as much of the core back as possible, but I don't think they can bring everybody. You can't pay everybody. And I kind of wonder if Derek Jones is the guy who who they're going to have to. I mean, I, I think Derek's going to take top dollar. I think Derek's going to take the biggest offer. Yeah, he's yeah. at that stage of his career where you know he hasn't made a lot of money being an oh. undrafted two-way guy for most of his career. He's looking he's to get that contract. Something in the bank, period. Yeah. He's got to get some money in the bank. Um, I remember, you know, the Luol Deng story when you know I think the Heat had visions on keeping him. And then they found out that he had gotten $70 million from the Lakers. And it was like, well, congrats, Lou. We can't <laughs> yeah. come close. We wish him luck and big hug to you and all that. I, 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 I kind of wonder if something similar will happen with DJ. But you never know. I mean, I've been, I mean, again, I think there's there will be a lot of – if anybody thinks they know what's going to happen to free agency, especially this year, you know, other than Goron, I think everything's kind of up in the air to some, to some extent. Yeah, I, I agree with all of that, Tim. And I, I think – it was interesting, you know, Pat Riley kind of alluded to it when he was asked about Myers and Derek Jones. Um, he, he mentioned Derek Jones and kind of how he fell out of the rotation in the playoffs, and he mentioned that part of that was because they had Jay and they acquired Andre. Um, and if those two guys are back next season, 
then really, I mean, the Heat aren't in a position to match an outside offer if, you know, a team offers him three years, $21 million or $22 million. Like, the Heat just aren't in a position to obviously offer him that money um, over multiple years. So I, I could see Derek Jones, you know, like you said, he's, it's, the, it's, the, it's the point in his career where you can't blame him for taking that a, a, a multi-year, you know, offer with long-term security. So... Um, Jay and Goron, you know, if the Heat want to bring them back, they pretty much can bring them back by offering them kind of a balloon payment, one-year deal. Myers would be interesting um, just because, yeah, like you said, who knows what the market will be like for him. He, you know, he liked his time with the Heat. The Heat enjoyed having him on the roster. Um, so, you know, Myers, like, I could see potentially staying, but that one is less certain than I think Jay and Goron just because I, I think the Heat will find a way to – give them a one-year deal that maybe will be above market value, but will be, you know, will be enough for them to say, okay, we'll, we'll choose this over long-term, a long-term, you know, long-term security. But let's not forget too, that one of Derek Jones's closest guys in this team is Bam. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not as, it's not going to be as easy for the heat to just throw up their hands and say, we can't get in the fight. I mean, they they may have to, um, they may have to go down swinging if they're going to lose them. And again, I, I listen, one thing about the heat that we know for absolute certain, right. Is that the guys who they sort of develop, the guys who they find the guys who were overlooked that the heat, you know, they bring into the system and they turn them into players. They turn them into really good NBA players. They tend to overpay for yeah. those. They yeah. tend to try to overpay for those. And, um, you know, a great example was Hassan. I mean, again, ninety-eight million was what the market bore for Hassan at that time. Tyler Johnson. Mm-hmm. Can you believe that was four years ago already? Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. Everyone from the thirty and eleven team, pretty yeah, much, basically. You know, matching the Nets' ridiculous offer sheet for Tyler because it was friendly on the front end and not on the back end. It, it's. So I, I listen. I, I don't want to give the impression that they just washed their hands of DJ. I don't believe that's the case at all. Yeah, of course not. Right. Um, but I, I just when you look at the math, I mean, it's just it's going to get tough to squeeze him in. But I mean, that's one of Bam's guys, and you got to keep. I mean, it's Jimmy's team for now. It will be Bam's team soon enough, and you got to keep Bam happy. I don't think it'll be. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying it's going to be very contentious, but you can't just give up the fight on DJ. You got to get in the fight a little bit. That's a, that's a good point. Any any and you know everything I've heard, um, DJ prefers to stay with the Heat. You know, he he wants to stay in Miami if possible. So it's not like he's looking to leave. It's just like like we've talked about. It's about the numbers. It's about this, the point he is in his career that you know makes it a little bit of obviously a, a wild card. So. Um, yeah, I, I don't think the Heat are just going to give up and wave the white flag and say, well, you know, we're not going to resign DJ. Like, they're going to try. Um, but in the end, you know, the numbers might not work, but I guess we'll see. We'll know more in the next few days. We'll know more when we finally hear what yeah. the real numbers for 2021. Right. I mean, I'm with you, Anthony. I think you kind of think that stuff's going to stay flat. And I kind of believe yeah. that where I don't see how it, I don't see how it can. I don't see how you can go down. So, and I try to see it going up, right? When you rich revenue by a billion five, it's tough to see it going up. So what message is that sending? So, um, again, it's just really tough to see the numbers fit. But who's the best in the world at this? Andy Ellsberg. Yeah. So if he can 
that man can make a quarter fit into a nickel, and I don't know what the, I don't know where I'm going with that. But you, he's really good at the math. Is there a, a name out there in free agency or the trade market? Yeah, like we said, I don't know. There's probably not going to be the big Bradley Beal trade or something in this short NBA offseason. Although there will inevitably be something. Um, is there a name out there that, that you kind of – either of you, uh, Anthony, we talked about it a little bit a few weeks ago. But just as you've had time to think about it, a guy that you like or, or maybe think the Heat uh, would like to add? Um, a guy that intrigues me – and I know he's been injured for like the past two or three years, but DeMarcus Cousins is a guy that... Um, oh, you're in on Boogie. Yeah, I just think, look, like if they're going to bring back, back most of this roster and they still have exception money to use, why not take the risk on a one-year deal with that exception money? Worst case scenario is obviously it doesn't work out, you know, hopefully he doesn't get hurt, but if he gets hurt, you, you still have the, the, the entire rotation back pretty much from last season's team that made the finals um so you you know you're good but if boogie does work out uh you have a guy who could stretch the floor which you need next to bam who could have the ball in his hands another guy who can attack the basket he's pretty good on defense a very good rebounder a good passer can you imagine the passing ability of those uh, playing bam and boogie together um so i don't know i mean i know there's been an interest in the past from the heat you know with the marcus cousins uh, i know he's had some injury issues but He's a guy that intrigues me just because I, I think it might be worth the risk because, you know, the the reward might be that great. Um, another guy, as far as a trade, I would point to that's maybe more realistic at this point than a, than a Bradley Beal, um, the expiring contract of LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, for a lot of those same reasons, I know he's older um, and you have to trade for him, but a guy, again, who could stretch the floor, a big body, um, a veteran, you know that you know that Pat Riley liked him in the past when he took that. You know he met with him in free agent mm-hmm. when he was a free agent. Even though the Heat didn't have cap space, there was still that interest there from the Heat. Um, so Lamarcus Aldridge is another name that again, this is not. I'm not saying the Heat are going to trade for Lamarcus Aldridge. I'm saying that's a that's an expiring contract that I could see would be a fit if the Heat want to you know want to change things up a little bit. Well, you said who I was going to say. With with Lamarcus, so you took you took my for all the reasons you said, and you're absolutely right. Um, although I think I might be wrong on this, I think the Spurs are the only franchise with whom the Heat have not ever executed a trade. I think you're right. Yeah, and who knows if Pop wants to rebuild, right? Because that would basically be, I mean, if the Heat are going to trade, and who knows what he would trade for that? But you're thinking about maybe Kelly Olynyk, Kendrick Nunn. I mean. <laughs> That's that's where I'm. That's what I want to say more than anything. Yeah. Who are you trading? Yeah, yeah. You're not yeah. trading Tyler. You're not trading Bam. You're Especially, not trading- I mean, you're at the the tradable, valuable guys. You would think are basically Kendrick and, and then Derek Jones, who's obviously a free agent, are kind of those. Yeah, why did you make a combined fifty bucks last? I know. Year? I know. <laughs> you, it would need to honestly. It would need to be a deal just to make the money. Just pure to make the numbers work it would have to be kelly olenic yeah it would have to be andre Godala and probably kendrick nunn or like the 20th pick that's what it would have to be and the other question is would you do that for lamarcus aldridge i mean i think that's a valid question but to make the numbers work it would have to be something like that if it's a two if it's a two-team deal right if, if you're gonna play if, if you're gonna do the trade kelly trade andre trade all those guys card that I'm going to fly in the face of the premise of David's question, and I'm going to say, then go get Brad Beal. Just go yeah. do it. At that point, yes, yeah. Because 
I mean, so I think he was on a competing podcast of yours, the J.J. Reddick one. I, I, I heard this clip, by the way. I was going to send it to the competing podcast. So I, I, I hesitate to mention a competitor. <laughs> um, it's, I mean, if, if he, didn't, didn't he, doesn't he sound like he thinks he's going to, doesn't he sound like it's going to happen? I don't know, man. John Wall looks pretty good in those clips. Uh, with no defense, <laughs> with no nothing. I mean, Michael Beasley was guarding him in one of those clips. <laughs> Super cool bees. I love it. I mean, look, go if you're gonna do it, go for it. Yeah. Will Marcus Aldridge put you over the top? No. Does Brad Beal put you over the top? Yes. Yes. And then some. I I don't know. Um, I don't know who else we can even throw into this mix. Drew Holiday, I guess, would be the other guy who you could talk about. But again, why would New Orleans do it? Like, and and then you know you have the added complexity of would Stan want to help the Heat that much? Does Stan want to give away a point guard in his first year there? Like, I I don't know what I don't know what the Pelicans rationale for trading him would be other than they think that they're just not going to be able to keep him. And if I, I mean, Drew Holiday, it would, I mean, that would be really, really good fit for the heat. I think I'm with you, Tim. The only thing is he has that player option and right. That's that's the Chris Paul hanging chat too, is, is that. So again, I just, I don't, I know it's fun to talk about, but I, I don't see the huge name. I mean, Unless Tommy Shepard is just like, you know what? We've got to do something. We've got to do something. We've got to do something. Like, And I don't think they're going to move Brad Beal until they see if John Wall becomes John Wall. Yeah. yeah. I I agree. Think that's going to be a huge question mark for them. Because if John Wall bucks the odds and becomes John Wall again. Or even if he's just like a top 40 player or yeah, something. Even yeah. if he's like... Even if he's just like John W. instead of John Wall, you know, that's still a really good player. And and there's no haul that Tommy Shepard can get back in that trade and have Wizards fans saying, well, that was a good move. Like, they're just it just wouldn't work. You have, if they're healthy, you have an elite backcourt. So why give it away? I, I So I, that's why I'm, I really don't know if the Beal thing would ever, could happen, would happen. I don't know how likely it is. I'm intrigued on what you said about DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, we might have to do a full DeMarcus Cousins episode at some point here when we need some content for a week because I could, like, talk about DeMarcus Cousins forever. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm fascinated by him. Well, he meets the criteria. You know, great hands, great feet, went to Kentucky. So there you go. Every heat box. Uh, The knees are not so good, but the hands and the feet are really good. Um, I don't know what the market will be. For him, I, I the, the Lakers, the Lakers are not going to have a really, they're not going to have a smooth sailing offseason, right? I mean, you, there's already buzz out there that he could be a target for them again. He's um, going to be in a position, I'm sure, where he can kind of, I don't want to say he can pick where he wants to go, but it's not, I don't think there's going to be like competing bids for him. He's going to have a, a couple teams that offer him probably the same kind of money. It's going to be the same thing. He's going to get, I mean, would you give him more than a minimum right now? Well, 
you know, if you can get it for the minimum, if you can get it for the minimum, obviously that's a win. But I'm even, you know, they have the, they're gonna have if they're if they go over the cap as expected and they're not a room team, they're gonna have the nine million dollar exception. I'm not saying to give them one year nine million dollars, but he could theoretically, if they really want the Marcus Cousins, they could blow everyone out of the water and just offer. That's the last resort move. Though. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think players will be out there for that nine million. Yeah, I, like I Paul Millsap or um, yeah. Who I don't, who doesn't move the needle for me at all. So now watch that come back and bite me and watch the heat get him. I, I think we're, we're clearly targeting a certain type of guy, right? Like they, I think the finals and I think a lot of teams just watching the Lakers win know you need to have that extra big guy, right? You need to have that um, guy who can be a little bit of a bruiser, um, but is also skilled. Um, and that yeah, I mean, you know, the heat clearly, I mean, obviously Bam being hurt made them feel that even more, but. Um, it, it's a it's a specific big that can play next to Bam. Uh, next yeah. to Bam, you know, as we've all talked about, like you know, Kelly Olynyk and Myers Leonard are an example of that. Like they need a guy who could stretch the floor because Bam has not incorporated that into his game yet. Right. You can't play two guys who live in the paint um, next to each other, so you need a big who could shoot threes. And I mean, that's why we're bringing up Lamarcus Aldridge. That's why we're bringing up yeah. Marcus Cousins. That's why we're bringing and up Paul Millsap. You know, it's so. unfair to ask Bam to add that this off season too. When right, again, when it's so short, going to last, you know. Roughly the episode, you know, it's, you could watch an entire Family Guy episode during this game. That's about it. So. The, Tim, the other expiring contract that's interesting and that I guess would make sense um, is Victor Oladipo. And I know that's been talked about a lot, but what do you think about that name? Do you know that? Do you know that Tracy Morgan gif where he's doing nope, 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 yeah. nope, nope? If, if this, if we were on video, that's what you'd see me. Do. I'm not. I'm not giving up any like superstar, or even star equity for him. I mean, you're not. Basically, you're not. You, you wouldn't give up if you don't have to give up Tyler. If you don't have to give up Bam, obviously, or, or Jimmy. But then what? It's gonna. It would, again, it would be the. It would be Victor Oladipo making a mess in Indiana, saying he wants to go to the Heat, and you have leverage, and you could trade, get a deal done with again Kelly Olynyk, Kendrick Nunn, and your first round pick or something like that. So, you know, I don't know if that, that might not, that's probably not enough for Indiana, but I'm just bringing it up. That's another expiring contract that has been out there as a, as a fit for the Heat, obviously. You know that there, that name has been linked to Miami for a while, and he has, you know, he, he wasn't the Victor Oladipo of old this season, but he still has that all-star potential if he's healthy. Yeah, I, I think the way we were saying with, with Bradley Beal, they're going to wait and see. I think a lot of teams yeah. are going to be in that spot this Summer with such a short off season, um, you know. There's obviously like Chris Paul's name keeps coming up, and it feels like he's there's like a good chance he moves. Not with the Heat, I'm saying, but but just there's going to be certain guys that are going to move. But it does feel like a lot of like the real, like big superstars like Beal and, and Oladipo with that with that potential. Those guys are could be mid season moves rather than something happening the next couple weeks. I, I think we all I think we all agree that this team is pretty much going to. They're going to run it back with this roster, most yeah. likely, unless something unexpected happens. With an addition or two, obviously, they're going to have the exception to use that, like as Tim said, there are going to be players out there that they're going to bite on that. And, that you know, the Heat, you know, they're, they're a good team and they're a good organization. So there'll be veterans out there that will take that and to play the play the upcoming season with Miami. Um, so There's only two things we don't know about the 2020-21 Heat, other than the schedule and everything else. But, you know. Who's going to be the lead assistant and who's going to play the first yeah. six and a half minutes yeah, of the point guard? Who, who's going to be the starting point guard after Bam wins the opening tap of the year? Like, that's yeah. pretty much what we don't know right now. Yeah. I, 
I, again, I can't see the, the huge move coming, but they're, they know that they have, they're in a really, it's a, it's a difficult spot. You're, you're went to the finals. So you have championship potential. Yes. But you know, the East is going to be really good. And the Nets are adding Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Um, the Celtics have a bazillion draft picks. So you figure they're going to make a move and get somebody. Um, Philly, I think, will be better with Doc. Um, just because the room won't be as divided as it was with Brett. I don't think Brett did a bad job there, but I think Philly will be better. Um, the East, and of course, then there's Milwaukee, who we forgot about. And I do think they're going to add Chris Paul there. So now the Bucks go from really good to really, 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 really good. I think Pat knows he has to do something, but again, are you betting the house on 2021 or are you betting it on the summer of 21? I still think they're going to lean toward the summer. DeMar- DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, we, we might actually have to do a full DeMarcus Cousins episode. <laughs> if, the, if this actually becomes like something close to a thing, I'm, I'm all in on that. Um, I think we can wrap things up there, though, um, unless you guys have any final thoughts of uh, what Pat talked about on Friday. Um and you got anything? I can't. I can't. I can't, I can't believe he. I can't believe he discredited the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> Did you the Lakers? Did you what a scandal! It was a bit of a scandal. I can't believe it. No, I'll, that's a joke, by the way, everyone. Aggregators, if you're listening to this, we're not saying that Pat Riley uh, discredited the Lakers championship. Shameful! <laughs> Shameful! How a lot of sites twisted that and. I'll leave it there. It was it was it was wrong. It was just so wrong, and and people knew better too. A lot of people who were involved knew better, but it's it was maddening, and that's why Pat doesn't talk to us very often because inevitably someone twists something, and and it turned into that. Locally, we all reported it right and fairly. I'll leave it there. All right, um, Tim. Thanks as always for joining us. Uh, you can follow Tim on Twitter at by Tim Reynolds, uh, covering the the off season saga plans for the NBA for the Associated Press. Uh, you can follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, do you got any more stuff coming this week, Anthony? You've been writing a bunch of that Pat stuff, right? Yeah, I have a couple more things coming up. Um, my player capsules will be out uh, three weeks after the end of the season, but they'll be out shortly. <laughs> Um, and then again, season preview coming up in a matter of yeah. days. Yeah, we, we got a draft preview coming up probably soon, I guess. Um, your player, what? Your report cards? What are you doing? My capsules, you know, the old newspaper lingo. My cap, my player capsules of uh, contract status, what to know entering the offseason, that type of thing. Are you sending out your 2018 Christmas cards too this week? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was on vacation last week. Okay, give me a break. You grew a beard. What's up with that? I did grow a beard. Where'd you see that? Oh, you saw it on Instagram. Good one. I saw the, I saw the gram. Yeah. I saw the, the gram. It's the off season. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at dbwilson2. Um, I'm mostly over on football stuff now. Uh, it's two a weekend. Tim, are you going to be at, be at uh, Hard Rock on Sunday? To be announced. I, okay. I did not meet the Dolphins 27-day in advance moratorium for asking for a credential. So I, I may be there Sunday. I may not. But... I'll see you back at Hard Rock for whenever the Canes are yeah. back and whoever they're playing at home next. I have no clue. All right. Uh, 
Thanks, Tim, as always, for joining us. Thanks, as always, for listening. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week.